Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. Everybody stand, if you will, for the word of the Lord. Put it right here. Choir, you tarry with me just a moment. This is our grandson, Lakeland James Worley, three and a half years old, who will be moving to Germantown, Maryland, 12 hours away. Couldn't go to North Atlanta, couldn't go to South Georgia. You got to go where God tells you. So last Sunday, next Sunday will be the last Sunday. But this is my time to introduce to you as we've practiced. Richard, raise your hands. Richard, hold up here, Richard. He built this pulpit for Papa's grandson, just like Papa's pulpit. Go ahead and stand up on your pulpit. We're going to, just stand with me now. Just in, it says on his pulpit, like it says on Papa's, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to introduce Pastor Lakeland Worley to you like we do at home. Uh, give me this microphone. Yeah. At our fireplace at his pulpit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give a God bless you to Pastor Lakeland Worley as he comes to bring the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Worley, would you like to say something for Jesus? Would you like to say your memory verse? Man, that's not like his daddy. Every time his daddy gets a mic, he just... Give him a God bless you one more time. Give Papa a hug. Show him how much Papa loves you. How, how about... big? Yeah, give me five. Remain standing. Thank you, choir. Take your Bibles and turn with me. Go ahead, buddy. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of you smart alecks out there thinking I should be preaching behind this one. You better watch it. God's God, God says, do not touch God's anointed or do his prophets any harm. <laughs> I, want to, I want to begin a series of sermons that I knew I would begin on dedication day. I want you to turn in your scriptures to Matthew's gospel, chapter 16. And I want us to look at the word together because you're not going to leave here like the, you came in Jesus' name. Not because I'm the pastor, but because Jesus is the good shepherd. And because Jesus made you some promises that he will not renege on on three Sundays ago dedication day I preached to you the message I have the keys and I use this scripture I'm going to begin a series tag on to that three weeks ago and I want to read from Matthew chapter 16 and I asked them to publish on the screen verses 15 through 19 but I'd like to read verse 13 and 14 included so if it's not on the screen follow me in your scripture Matthew 16, verse 13. And it is on the screen. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many know that in your life? Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
I want the emphasis to come from verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the church say amen. amen. Ten seconds. Reach your hand this way. Ten seconds. It's not going to be a long prayer. Pray for me right now, would you? Father, I receive the anointing. Come on, ask God to help me so I can help you. Oh God, I do not want to be a showman. I do not want to be a diplomat. I do not want to be a clown. I do not want to just be a, a, a good, positive, uh, uh, mental attitude preacher. I, I want to be a servant. And I want to be anointed. I want fire to be shut up in my bones so that I can release that fire that you put on me upon the people. You release it and give us the keys that we need to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, say amen. And amen it is. And you may be seated. I'm sensitive to time, so I'm going to get right back into the word with you. I have a friend who has been sort of a, my adult life lifelong friend. We went to college together, Lee College, which is now Lee University. And over the years, time and distance has separated us, but our friendship has remained strong. A couple months ago, before we even knew that Pastor J.C. and Kimberly Lakeland would be moving to Maryland, Pastor J.C. had the occasion to preach in Maryland at one of the state camp meetings and function. There, after the service, my friend didn't know Pastor J.C. was connected to me, and he went to comment and compliment Pastor J.C. for a powerful word. And there, my friend, not knowing who Pastor J.C. is, being my son-in-law, said, Do you know Alan Matura? He pastors in Georgia. To which Pastor J.C. said, That's my father-in-law. And so Pastor J.C. gave him my cell phone number, and he called me within a couple days. And he said, hey, we hadn't talked for a while, and this is, and he told me his name. He pastors on the east, eastern shore of the Chesapeake Bay in an area called Easton, E-A-S-T-O-N, Maryland. He gave me one of my first revivals after I got out of college. Tommy, you'd know him. His name is Keith. I won't give his last name. And he, he called me up and he said, how you doing? He said, I met your son-in-law. He did an awesome job. We hadn't talked in a while. Tell me, how's it going? And I felt it was a divine moment because I was just coming through what I went, what I began to suffer in February of this year that you know that story. You know that in this building program at February and beyond, because I was very transparent with you, I had to take a leave of absence because my body was suffering the symptoms of stress, anxiety, panic, depression, stuff that I never thought would happen to me because I'm the man of God. One day the Holy Ghost said, but who would exempt you from suffering? Job went through it. Jeremiah went through it. Moses went through it. Come on, help me somebody. David went through it. And I stretched them and I made them better. And if you're going to go to the next level, you're going to have to learn to stand the test and storm and trust me instead of trusting in yourself. Yeah, I learned some things from that journey that it will never, I will never be the same. And I began to open up to Keith and tell him, what was going on. And he interrupted me and said, here's what I want you to do. He said, because of the church I pastor and the people that I pastor, I have access to a beautiful cabin on the Chesapeake Bay. He said, I want you and Valerie to come and join me and my wife and we'll spend some time together there. I, can, I have access to it. You can come anytime. 
He says to me, not only that, there's a boat docked at that cabin on the Chesapeake Bay. And I have the key to the boat also. I have the key. I have it. And all you got to do is set aside the time and come. And I thought, how generous and gracious, but what in the world do I need to go up to the Chesapeake Bay area in Maryland to have a little time away? He said, I know it's far, but we'll pay away. We'll put food in the cabin. And if you and Valerie want to be alone and, and you don't want me and my wife to join you, we understand. You just need some R&R. And I thanked him and I blessed him. And here two months after, my kids are moving about two hours away from there. Buddy, I don't even know how to row a boat. I don't even know how to start a boat. I've never owned a boat. But I guarantee you, I am going to get the key one day. And I'm going to go up to the cabin with my friend. And I'm going to say, leave my wife and I alone. This is a second honeymoon. Give me the key to the boat and thank you for the privilege. Somebody know that God's given us some keys with privilege. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been recipients of some of that kind of blessing. Somebody got a timeshare and they got no time to go and share it. So they told you, here are the keys. Go take it. Come on now. Some of you have been given keys. You ain't even paying for that card. Your mom and daddy gave you a key. You're driving around like you got the insurance and the car paid for. All of us have been privileged with keys. Can I get an amen? Do you know what keys do? And I'm not going to re-preach my first sermon, but take this notes. Keys give you access. Can I get an amen? Whatever door that you open, he'll open. Whatever, whatever door, let me put it this way. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Heaven, there is healing. If you need healing, there's a key. In heaven, there's joy. If you need joy, there's a key. In heaven, there is love. If you need, can I get somebody to say praise the Lord? Whatever you bind in heaven shall be bound on earth. Whatever you loose shall be loose. God has given you a key and the topic today is you have the keys, use them. Everybody say, I have the keys. I will use them. Now, now let me do a little teaching here. Keys give you access. Keys give you privilege. Privilege to go someplace and use somebody's stuff. Now, let me tell you this. If I take my friend's keys and use his cabin and his boat and leave it trashed and like a dump because it's free, you think you're going to call and invite me back? Just doing a little preaching here. In order for you to access the keys to heaven and the keys to your deliverance and your joy and your marriage and your finances, you can't take those keys and live like the devil and trash your temple. I'm just a preaching to Lindian. For you and I to have the access to the key, we've got to practice belief and obedience. Write that down. God is not going to give me the keys to the kingdom for me to give glory to the devil by me destroying his temple and living in sin. That's good preaching, whether you know it or not. And what I want to say to you is, I have not only the keys of access and privilege, I have the keys of opportunity. Can I get an amen? I have the opportunity to access heaven. What else do keys do other than access, privilege, and opportunity? We have the keys of authority. I have a key on my key ring that can open every door in this church. Thank God I don't have to do that. Hallelujah. But I've been here 28 years and more, so I have earned some of the authorities. 
And don't forget also, me and Miss Cleo Jacobs, we also sign and write the checks. The fact of the matter is, God has given us authority to bind the devil. Do you know what Calvary, what Satan tried to do against Jesus? At Calvary 2,000 years ago, Satan brought out his biggest guns at the cross. Hell's power to kill, steal, and destroy was unleashed in all its force upon Jesus at Calvary. And Jesus defeated all that Satan could bring to bear upon him. Say amen. Listen to this. Jesus allowed Satan to do his worst and then Jesus showed Satan that God's power cannot be overcome by Satan or by all the demons in hell. How you know it? Because the Bible says that Jesus went to the doors of death at Calvary and while the Roman soldiers and the Jewish hypocrites that killed him thought he was laying in the tomb for three days, the Bible says no. He went into the heart of the earth where the faithful saints were kept. Abraham, Isaac, a place called paradise. The souls of faithful men were kept until that day. And Revelations 1 and 18 tells us what he did in the heart of the earth. Put it on the screen. He went to the devil and all his imps who were having a party because they thought they killed Jesus. And Jesus came and said, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Somebody clap your hands. Let me, let me tell you this. Jesus cornered Satan and demanded the keys of death. I got three keys here for more than one reason. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but keys over death, over hell, and over the grave. And those keys you have. And I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. God's power is available for you to have power. So by God's power, you and your destiny are secured. Somebody say amen. I'm trying to tell you that ever since the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, a curse fell on the earth. It was a curse of death. Prior to their sin, there was no death. There was no sin. And because their sin, and we are the seeds of the first couple, Adam and Eve, we were born in sin. Can't help it. And the penalty for their disobedience was death without God and without hope. And God realized Adam and Eve's helplessness. They had to suffer the consequence of their sins. They were cast out of the garden and a curse was on them. But God sent a covering. Can I get an amen? And God sent a blessing. And here's where we are in the 21st century. Jesus, the Son of God, voluntarily, because there was no sin in Him, Back in the Old Testament covenant, when you go to the place of worship so your sins will be covered, you had to take an animal. And the blood of that animal was shed for your sins. Sometimes it required a lamb. But it couldn't be just any old lamb 
that would cover your sins. It had to be a spotless lamb without blemish. The priest would slit its throat, drain its blood. Your sins would be transferred on the animal. It would be burned and consumed and thus you'd be forgiven. But when Jesus came on the scene 2,000 years ago, there was no more need for any bulls, lambs, turtle doves, pigeons, or somebody else's blood. When He shed His blood on Calvary, it covered our sins in the past, in the present, and the future, and His blood still covers us today. Clap your hands and thank God that you're covered by the blood. So I'm trying to tell you that Satan has limited access over you. I'm trying to tell you that you don't have to live like you don't have a savior. You don't have to live like you don't have any hope. You don't have to live like uh, you are uh, in bondage or captivity. Because whom the son has set free is free indeed. You got the keys and you got to use it. Give me an amen somebody. He told Peter there. Jesus said to Peter. Now we hear a lot of sermons that, that says upon this rock I'll build my church. I've preached them. The rock that God built the church on is Jesus Christ, not Peter. Some denominations will tell you that the, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock. The name Peter is Petros, which means rock. But God did not build his church on Peter, Pope Paul, Alan Matura, or any bishop anywhere. God's church is built on the rock, Jesus Christ. Because, pardon the grammar, ain't nobody went to no cross and ever died for anybody else. It wasn't Buddha, it wasn't Allah, it wasn't Muhammad, it wasn't Krishna, it wasn't anybody else. There's only one Savior who went to the cross and He shed His blood and He arose on the third day and He is alive and He is the rock on which we build. And earlier I was kidding you, Pastor JC, and I was kidding you, Pastor Trey, that at 33 Jesus died. But let me finish the story. He arose again. You guys ain't going to die at 33 and they're going to crucify you because you got what glory in you. Yeah, I'm not moving to Germantown. I'm over here, so let me just preach, okay? I ain't trying to impress nobody. I just, I just know where I've been and where I came from. I know where I was in, in about three months this year when the devil told me you're never going to preach again. You're never going to dedicate this church. I've got you where I want you. But somebody got a hold of me and the Holy Ghost showed me the keys and the Holy Ghost showed me the word and he told me I don't have to live in depression. I am going to be back in the pulpit. I am going to lead this church because he's not finished with me. I have the keys. Everybody say, I have the keys. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you a few questions here. And I'm, I'm watching my clock trying to stay on time. But when I do this, don't you ever worry, okay? It don't mean nothing to me anyhow. You want to know why so many Christians have their homes in such a state of chaos? Do you want to know why so many Christians live lives with such a defeatist attitude? You know, there used to be a television show called Hee Haw. I'm dating myself. That's when television shows were decent. You could sit with your kids and look at them. It was funny. It was country. It was... And they had this song that talked about depression. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Some of you could sing it because you've been like me. You memorized it. Deep, dark depression, excessive Misery. 
If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. You're looking at me kind of strange. I got this theory. If you want to commit suicide, you ain't got the guts, play you some country music. Yeah, play you some country music. Somebody done stole your wife, stole your pickup, your dog bit you. And by the time you get to Phoenix, who gives a rip where you are? I got tears in my ears from laying on my back crying over you. They don't care. They got them another boyfriend. Forget about you. I don't know why I'm meddling everybody else's stuff. But that's why we get depressed. It's what we listen to and what we allow in our lives. Come on, help me preach. Here, do you want to know why Satan run rampage through our families in America and Christian families? Do you want to know why the power of hell caused so much damage in the lives of those who are saved? The answer is, many Christians have unlocked the door of their heart, swung wide the windows open of their heart and their ears to allow Satan to come in. And we've allowed him to come in and hang around without resisting the temptation to sin. How you know, Pastor? Because James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come, Trey. Pastor Trey, I'm going to use you, man. I'll be using you for the rest of your time here. You ain't going nowhere but to heaven. I'm going to put my hand. You put your hand against mine. We're going to push against each other because I didn't want to use somebody bigger that pushed me over. Yeah, yeah, just don't push me down. It won't be impressive, okay. Resistance. Let's just imagine for a moment that he's, he represents an attack of, of the enemy. I got to do something. Go ahead and push me even more, brother. I got, I got to resist. I, I, and you know what happens when I resist in Jesus' name? The blood comes to help me. And the Holy Ghost comes to help me. And the Word comes to help me. Come on. Thank you, brother. Come on. Come on. Uh, angels. Angels. Come with the keys. They come with the keys. God says, you got to do something. You don't do something and that pornography comes on the internet. It's your fault. You don't do something and get to keep that curse word out of your mouth. It's your fault you're in this mess. We can't just open up our homes. You tell your kids, you're my son and you're my daughter and I love you. But I'm not going to let you hang up in my bedroom of my house where I pay the bills and the mortgage. Some kind of vulgar picture of some demonic rock star. You let the devil in your house like that. You let the devil in your refrigerator when you put alcohol and stuff in there. That you say, now you all don't drink it now because you're young. But, but I, <laughs> I know, I'm not running for governor or dog catcher. I'm just a servant of God. Come on. We, we allow it. Listen. There are some cable channels I do not want in my house. I do not want a movie channel. I do not want the temptation. If they could just give me channels with religious programs, National Geographic, and some news, and, and the food channel. <laughs> don't leave out the food channel in my package. I don't look at TV a whole lot. You can have a hundred channels and about 93 of them is trash. I'm a preaching little Indian if you ain't never seen one. You got to resist the devil. And you got to tell your kids, I love you, honey. And I want to be your friend, but I'm your parent first. 
And there ain't going to be no demonic music playing in your bedroom. There ain't going to be no no demonic posters. There's not going to be a uh, half-naked... What's this gal who's popular now? Cyrus? Miley. Is that her name? Look at me. Her name is Miley. She wants to be like Madonna and she wants to be like the other superstars by uncladding herself and showing herself. That, ladies and gentlemen, teenage girls, is not God's will for you. I don't care if her name is Miley or Madonna. You are not to follow that image. We are called out. If you mess with fire, you're going to get burned. And if you mess with sin, it's going to ruin you. That's why we don't have the keys. Because God's not going to give us access if there's sin in our lives. I got to hurry. No, I don't. Put it on the screen. A.W. Tozer. Some of you preachers have read after A.W. Tozer. Some of you Bible students have had. He's died and gone on to be with the Lord, but he was an anointed, gifted man of God. And he talks about the mess our world is in. Because we were trying to be like the world. Christians are. Look at what it says on the screen. Religion today is not transforming people. Rather, it is being transformed by people. It is not raising the moral level of society. It is descending to society's own level and congratulating itself that it has scored a victory because society is smilingly accepting its surrender. You know what the church has done? We have given in to the world with the attitude of, if you can't beat them, join them. So what the Bible calls sin, the world is calling freedom. What the Bible calls abnormal, perverted, and an abomination, the world is calling the new normal. Somebody didn't hear me. I I just want to remind you that the new normal defined by society when it comes to morality is the old sin. And it's still sin. Now, again, I have preached long enough to know that when you ain't shouting, I'm still doing okay because the Holy Ghost is there. I'm telling you, you can't have the keys if you try to change the word. I don't care if Congress passes it. I don't care if the Queen of England puts her seal on it. I don't care if the Pope of Rome says it's okay. Or Alan Matura says it's okay. If the Word of God says it's not okay, then shun it with everything you have so you can have power when you pray and you can put the devil under your feet and not above your head. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap. You know, put the scripture on the screen for me, guys. John 14, 12 through 14. Y'all okay out there? Oh my Lord, where is the time going? I ain't even got to my first point yet. Jesus said this. Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Look at me, listen now. Jesus said, I could put my name in front of that. Alan? Valerie, Jeff, Martha, Sammy, you use your name. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And Alan, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it because I love you. 
I got, I'm not going to get to the points. Do you know what it cost Jesus to prove his love for us? Come to the music, please. Let me, let me tell you this. These keys didn't come cheap. You cannot live like the devil and pardon the grandma. I do not mean to be insulting. You can't raise hell all week and come to church on Sunday morning and expect resurrection power. You can't do that. God's not going to give anybody keys where the devil's going to get the glory. There are six reasons why the key of prayer doesn't work, and for this second service, I'll just preach it another time. Just throw it up on the screen. Throw it up on it, the first three. Because I may not preach it at all. I'm, I'm so wound up, I'll find something else next week. Sin will keep you from using the keys to prayer. If I have sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Write the reference now, because some of you are like me. You're ADD, and you got this hang-up. you got to get all the notes. And some of you can care less about the notes, but you just act like you're writing so you make me feel good. And keep it up. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Unbelief. Unbelief. Come on, say amen. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go to the altar and go to prayer and just get something. And if it don't work, I'll just try something else. No. Jesus couldn't even do miracles in his hometown because of the unbelief. And he can't give you the key if you don't really believe. You got you to gotta be doing like Pastor J.C. said. Like, you got to be willing to walk on the water. Asking for selfish reasons. Yeah. I have prayed for people to get better jobs and told them, when God give you the job, will you tithe? And they didn't. You think God's going to bless a, somebody who's going to take and steal from him? I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you. Somebody, everybody's willing to give their heart, but leave my pocketbook alone. Everybody wants the keys, but they don't. God is not going to bless partial obedience. Can I get an amen? I pray for people to get better jobs, to get raises, to have babies, to bless with marriage, only to find that they're blessed and they go on to do what they want to because they got selfish about it. Throw up the other three real quick. God won't give us the keys because sometimes, well, let me put it this way, the keys are delayed because of a battle going on in the heavenlies. Come to the music. I, I think I said that, didn't I? L listen. Listen. There, there, there's some, there's the, there, there are demonic forces out there that you and I can't see. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Do you know the devil, for everything that's true and of God, the devil has a counterfeit? For every true angel of God, there's a fallen angel that the devil assigns over certain territories and kingdoms and nations. To govern them like you did in the book of Daniel. And sometimes your prayers are not answered like you want them to because there's a war going on between this angel of God and the angel of hell. And all you got to do is keep praying. Don't, listen, Daniel prayed for 21 days. Read Daniel chapter 10. And no answer came. And then God sent an angel to tell him. I couldn't come because I was coming with the answer. But a demonic angel prevented me. Until God sent other angels to help me. Listen, if you don't get your answer right away, don't go get drunk because you're mad. Don't backslide and curse God and curse everybody else. For some of you, it takes a month for the medicine to get in your body. You're willing to do that. huh? For some of you, it takes six months for you to get a pay raise. You're willing to wait on that. Come on and help me preach here a little bit. huh? For some of you, you know, I'm, you, know you want to lose weight. and Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could take the pill and lose the weight overnight? Huh? Wait, just fall off of me. No, you gotta be, you gotta have a plan. And you gotta help the plan. 
I'm cursed with a desire for a nana pudding. <laughs> Key lime pie. Pecan pie. If it got pie to it, just bring it on. No, forgive me. Don't bring it on. I told you my cholesterol got up to 348. But thank God my blood work last week got me down to 190. I'm losing my hair over it, but that's okay. Let me tell you what it cost Jesus to prove his love for you. The keys are not cheap. I heard it this week on the, on the radio. Michael Youssef. Leading the way. I heard it. I think it was Tuesday. Now let me tell you this. Don't get all your religious Bible study from me alone. Okay? Don't let me be your only source of food. There are other good ministers out there. I listen to Michael Youssef. I listen to Charles Stanley. I listen to Beth Moore. I listen to Joyce Myers. I listen to uh, the guy with the largest church in America. What's his name? Joel Osteen. Yeah, yeah, they're a cute little nice couple. I like to listen to them. Uh, I, I listen to T.D. Jakes. I listen to, I, I, man, I, I listen to, I don't care what the color of your skin is. If you're preaching the truth, John Hagee, uh, I'm listening to you. If you ain't preaching, I listen to Andrew Womack. And then I test everything by the Holy Ghost. And you do the same. Michael Youssef told this story this week about what it cost Jesus to prove his love for us, and I'm going to close. He said during a service, this is a true story, one Sunday morning, the pastor of the church recognized the presence of an older minister in the congregation. And he asked the older minister to come and speak to the congregation. The older minister told the following story that I'm about to tell. He stood before the congregation and he told the story of a father and his son, and a friend of his son, who went out sailing one day. It was a beautiful day when they started out, but out of nowhere, some storms do, a storm came up rather suddenly on them, and they attempted to hurry back to the shore, but the storm was fierce, and it was so overwhelming, it just appeared, and the lightning flashed, and the thunder roared, and the uh, roared, and the wind blew, and the three of them in their small sailboat because of the current and the wind and the storm, the sailboat was capsized and all three of them thrown into the raging, strong currents of a horrendous summer storm. While the older pastor was, minister was telling the story, there were two teenage boys sitting on the front row in the service. Up until that point, they were not interested in the service or what anybody had to say. But when the older preacher started telling the story, their interest was tweaked and they started look, looking and listening to him. The older preacher continued the story. He said, in the midst of the storm, with a capsized boat and his son's life and that of his friend in danger, he struggled with the waves now being more than 10 feet high in some places. And, and, and he struggled and swam back to the capsized boat and he knew that he only had seconds if he was going to save himself and his son and the friend of his son. He found a life rope. And in finding the life rope, he looked around in the storm. It had gotten dark. The winds were raging. The lightning was flashing. The thunder was roaring. And he was calling out to his son and his, the friend of his son. And directly he saw them both and 
And he knew he was running out of time. Matter of fact, the things were so hor- horrible, he knew he could only save one of the two. Would he save his son? Or would he save his son's friend? He had only seconds. And he knew in his heart and because of his son's testimony that his son was saved. He was born again. He loved Jesus and he was a Christian. But he also knew that his son's friend was not a Christian. And if his son's friend died, he would go into eternity without Christ and without salvation. And he was running out of time because they were yelling and they were drowning and he he didn't know what to do and so in a matter of a moment, he yelled out in the storm. I love you, son. And he threw the life rope to his son's friend. By the time he got his son's friend back to the boat in the middle of the storm, to the capsized boat, he looked around and his son had gone under. By this time of the story, the two teenage boys in the front, listening to this older preacher, are listening very intently now. The older preacher says, the body of the son was never recovered. He went on to make the comparison and the analogy to what it cost God to save us from our sins. He went on to make the analogy that God, you already know this, but I will tell you again, God, if Lakeland was going to preach and his little Bible was here, he had memorized, but he got intimidated with the largeness of the crowd. He was going to quote to you what it cost God to save us from our sins. He was going to quote to you John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The penalty of our sin was to die. To die in our sins without hope. But Jesus said, no, I'll descend from heaven. I'll lay down my robe. I'll lay down my crown. I'll lay down my scepter. I'll lay down my deity and I'll go and become one of them and I'll take their sins and hateful, mean, hypocritical Self-righteous people killed the Son of God. The older gentleman preacher descended the pulpit after telling the story. The pastor came forward and returned to the pulpit and at that point in the service he gave the invitation for those who needed salvation to come forward. The two teenage boys in the front did not come forward. They did not respond to the invitation. After the service was over, the two teenage boys went and found the old preacher and one of them said to him, that was an interesting story, but it's not realistic. It's not believable. It was nice, but who would ever believe somebody would do something like that for somebody else they don't even know? To which the older preacher said, I am the father and your pastor is the friend of my son who drowned. It is true. Bow your heads. 
This is the most important moment of this entire day. Those of you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, if you have the gift of tongues, pray that under your breath. Those of you that may not have the gift of tongues, but you're saved, pray right now. I'm not going to drag this out. Maybe you find it hard to believe that God would love you so much that he would let his son die in your place. But he does love you that much and he did let his son die in your place. And if you discard it, you're destined to drown in your sins. If you don't receive him, you're destined to an eternity without God and without hope and without never again to return. Or have the hope of eternal life. God sent you to South Metro Ministries today not so that you could appease a friend or look for a church or hear good music but for you to hear his voice. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed and I'm as serious as four o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to beg you. You say, Pastor Matura, I am not saved. I am not ready to meet the Lord. I've sinned and I need to confess my sins. I've been saved but I've been practicing sin. And Jesus said, he'll forgive me, but I should not go back into sin. And I, am, I, have went, I have gone back, and I need forgiveness. Well, I've never been saved, Pastor. And I need for Jesus to throw out the lifeline and save me. I'm not dressing it up. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not going to ask you to say your name. But if you're not saved, I'm giving you 10 seconds to raise your hands. Nine, eight, seven. Six, hold it up high, hold it up and leave it up. Four, three, two, one, leave it up, leave it up. One, two, three, four, put it down. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I know, heads bowed and eyes closed. I know you've got places to go and things to do, but this is a divine appointment. You say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I've allowed some things into the windows of my temple, the body of Christ. My body is a temple of God. I've allowed some things to go through my eyes. I've allowed some things to go in my ear. I've allowed my mouth to say some things I shouldn't say. And therefore the keys are not working for me because I've not gotten rid of those, those baggage and those burdens. I know I'm saved, but I, I can do better. And I want the keys and I want to use them. If that's you, raise your hands. Raise it. I thank you for that. I'm not going to embarrass you. Put them down. Stand everyone reverentially, very reverentially, and not leaving unless you have an assignment or a job. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Lift up your hands with me, everybody. Lift up your hands. Look up to heaven. You can close your eyes if you want to. You don't have to if you don't. Repeat this prayer after me so that we are one together. We won't cause those who raise their hands to be embarrassed by repeating it alone or single out. Everybody out loud. Here we go. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I confess I'm drowning in my sins. Say it out loud. I am drowning in my sins. I cannot save myself. Thank you for coming to save me. Today, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Wash me, Lord Jesus, with your cleansing blood. Forgive me of every sin. 
whether I know about them or not. Today, Lord, I lay aside the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I take up the keys to my salvation and your kingdom. By faith, I believe I'm saved. And starting right now, write my name in the book of life. Thank you for it. I believe it, Lord. Amen and amen. Clap your hands for everybody. Come on, act like you got rededicated or you got saved for the first time. Come on. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved. Come up, prayer team. Here's how I'm going to close. If you're sick in body, they're going to sing and we're going to close. Do not leave here without the key to healing. Somebody's going to pray for you. If you need help for your marriage, if you need help for your mind, if you're going through depression, anxiety, or panic, God's got a key for that. Can I get an amen? amen. If you're going through a struggle on the job, if you're, uh, if you're dealing with rebellious kids or rebellious adults, and you say, Pastor, I'm about to sink in this stuff, and I love Jesus, and I've pleaded the blood, and I've called the name of Jesus, and I'm, I'm not getting an answer. Let somebody come near to you and pray over you who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? In the name of Jesus, we're going to close. Come on, let's sing that song before they go. Raise your hands and let's sing it together and start coming. Sing, my brother. Come on, sing with them. Before you go, I, I know you got a place to go, but right now, claim it, claim it. Come on, come on. If you need healing, if you need joy, it's free. If you need encouragement, don't worry, nobody's going to embarrass you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Here we go, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.